It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hey everyone, welcome into another Pipeline Podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Jim Callis and Jonathan Mayo, all in one place at the MLB.com studios as we're doing some draft prep. It is quickly approaching and the top 200 draft prospects will be out on Monday, so definitely check that out. We'll we'll talk a little bit about the best two-way players ever in the podcast this week. We'll also talk a little bit about a mock draft because when you have less than two weeks to go before the draft, we got to do that. But we're going to start off with the all-draft prospects team and as we like to do, we're going to draft it serpentine style, as Jim Gallus always <laughs> requests. Uh, you guys don't know who has the number one pick, and neither do I, so I'm going to pick it right now. And because, Jim, you like doing this so much, I'm going to give it to Jonathan. So we're going to go through Jonathan's I'm story. I wanted, there's three guys at the top, so I get two of them. I'm there, thrilled already. No, you get one of them because no, he picks first. We're going oh, and you go two. I, I go All serpentine. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm excited now. All right, fair enough. All draft <laughs> prospects team. The story is on Pipeline.com. Every time Jonathan you say serpentine, it. I think of the in-laws. I do too. Okay. I want you to, since we're in person, I would like you to run serpentine, <laughs> serpentine I'm, I'm, around the studio. I'm doing it right now. All right, so let's get right into it with the first selection in this latest Serpentine draft of the all-draft prospect team. Jonathan, who do you have? So, so I'm not totally sure about the, the draft rules here. I can pick any, any position. Any position. Any of the guys on the team. On the team. You can't pick all three outfielders at once, sir. Right. Right, okay. One player. Well, I understand that now. Well, There's ten players to fine. pick from. Okay. Take one of them. I am going to take... Uh, I'm going to take Royce Lewis as my shortstop. Just, you know, he may not even end up at shortstop. And uh, I'm doing that just because, in my mind, if I were really drafting a team and I can't have the right-handed pitcher, and I would have to pick another right-handed pitcher, there's some other really, really good options right behind that. That's, you know, fictitious drafting in my head. All right. So so you're looking at this from a position scarcity standpoint. A little bit. Okay, I'm just, I'm just going to pick the guys I think are the most talented players. That's fine. Okay. Um, okay, well, I'm going to take Mackenzie Gore. You guys know I love Mackenzie Gore. He'll be my first you've, pick. You've mentioned it once or twice. Um, North Carolina high school lefty who can show you four-plus pitches and good two-way player as well, although not the most celebrated two-way player in this draft. I, I was convinced you were going Hunter Green. Yeah, I know. I wanted to mix things up. And you know what? I, I, I'm going to go Hunter Green. Since you, since you left him on the board, I, I know there are plenty of pitchers in this draft. I'm, I'm just looking for the guy. I'm looking at these ten guys who are the best players. So I'll take Mackenzie Gore and I'll take Hunter Green. Uh, you know, I, I, I've said before. I think I would take, and I just did here. You know, Green's more famous. Gore over Green among the pitchers, but I will happily take snap up both of them. And uh, hey, it's like if in American League, I can DH these guys too. So. That's that's true. That's a very good point. I just was happy to have you be the one to take Hunter Green and something and not me. (laughs) Um, All right, well, then I'll take Brendan McKay. Uh, we'll talk more about him later. Uh, Where are you obviously. playing? Yeah, you do have to yeah, decide how you're drafting. Well, he's first base on the team, and you already picked the left-handed pitcher, right? So I have to, I have to p- pick him as a first. Well, maybe baseman. I'll deploy Hunter Green at third. Um, Mackenzie Gore and the outfield. Well, position flex. <laughs> Thank you, Joe Madden. Uh, <laughs> obviously, McKay, you know, talented two-way player, and 
uh, could get drafted either or, um, but he is the first baseman on on our all-prospect team. But It's smart in as far as this draft goes to take the two-way guys. I mean, looking down the road at your fake franchise. Right. If, you, if, if the bat doesn't come around, I can put him on the mound yeah, and, we're, and we're fine. So I get, I get a second pick now? You didn't. You do. Um, I think I will probably take one of the outfielders, and I think I'll roll the dice with Austin Beck. I'll go upside. Uh, Jaron Kendall, you know, was a possibility, but the swing and miss, uh, Bob, you know, concerns me just enough to take Beck's tools. Okay, well, I will come back and take Jaron Kendall. And uh, Jonathan is echoing what a lot of people are saying. I actually think Jaron Kendall, you've heard me rant on this, not on podcasts, more ranking players. I think he gets a little bit of a bad rap. Yes, he is swinging and missing. He's hit 15 homers, career high. He's showing the power people want to see. He still has the best tools of any college player in this draft. And his strikeout rate is 25%. Is that higher than I want it to be? Yes, but it's not Joey Gallo-esque. And I think Jaron Kendall, yeah, he might strike out 150 times in the big league season, and he still might hit 15 to 20 homers and play really good defense and still 30 or 40 bases and help me win in a lot of ways. So I'm taking Jaron Kendall. And, well, you, you probably can see this one coming because well, what's my favorite college program other than the one I attended, University of Georgia? Well, I always love Missouri State. Yes, that's but true. I, I got to take Jake. I can't let I can't let Jake Berger fall into your clutches, Jonathan. Usually pitchers. Um, yep. Although it, the interesting thing is, it, it, having written his blurb, this is fresh in my mind. The, the best players they've ever produced for all the pitchers they've sent like about ten pitchers to the big leagues. Most recently, Pierce Johnson. Their two best big leaguers are Bill Miller and Ryan, Ryan Howard. Um, and Jake Berger might be the best power hitter in this year's draft. He, he's leading the Missouri Valley Conference in the Triple Crown categories right now. So. I love my Bears. I'll take Jake Berger as the seventh pick in the all-draft uh, team draft or whatever we're calling this. Right. We'll have to come up with a catcher. <laughs> you don't think that works? All-draft team draft? Um, yeah, Hit us up on Twitter with your names for this <laughs> right. draft. Send You're up, Jonathan. Well, the Twitter account for this draft will be terrible. Um, <laughs> so it'll be 140 characters on the sun. Um, all right. Well, I think that staying with the two-way player, uh, I'm going to take Hagen Danner. As my catcher, and he is—he's not Brendan McKay in terms of where he's going to go, but he's a little bit Brendan McKay just in terms of that they're still split over. You, know, you talk to one guy, you know, scout, and they love him as a as a pitcher, and then you talk to another scout, and it's like, how could you take him as anything but a catcher? So, I'm going to put him behind the plate. If that doesn't work, then you know, you turn him to Jason Mott or Troy Percival or one of those kinds of guys, and and and, and hope. Uh, uh, the velo is still there, so he's my first pick. And then I think I'm going to go with uh, some bat certainty and take Heston Hiora. Um, as much as I like Adam Hazley, I like him a lot. But uh, Hiora might be the best pure college bat in the class. He also probably needs Tommy John surgeries, and we don't know uh, what position he plays. So hopefully I'm an American League team and he can DH. So Hazley is obviously the last pick, uh, Jim. Are you excited to get him at 10? Yeah, I think, I mean, this is a good team. It, it's funny. I, 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 if we were doing this exercise, I would have thought Jonathan would have picked Hunter Green number sure. one. And I really thought when you were going outfielder at five, you were going to go Adam Hazley. I really, I really thought you were going that way. The Braves may go Adam like, Hazley. I'd like five. to be unpredictable. But you, you were. But uh, he's, yeah, Hazley's interesting. He's having a, as good a statistical season as anyone. He can really hit. You know, if you like him, you believe in the power, you believe he can play center field. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not necessarily have suspected that Adam Hazley would have gone 10th in this draft. So I'm, I, I'm pleased with my team here. 
All right, and, and you each have two pitchers, but kind of weirdly, Jim actually took two pitchers that are pitchers on this team. Jonathan, you got two guys that also pitch, but well, you both have your I two I am pitchers. set for those, like, 22-inning <laughs> games or the 19 to two games. There you go. All That's right. true. All right. All right, well, that was fun. Uh, we're going to move on to the all-time two-way player. But before we get to that, we want to take a second to tell you about the Fantasy 411 podcast. Want to win your fantasy league this year? I know both of you guys do. Whether you're playing 10-team head-to-head against your friends or a 20-team expert dynasty format, Fred Zinke and Matthew Leach can give you the edge. Last week, the MLB Fantasy crew discussed a few trade options as the season approaches the one-third mark. Should you hold on to slow starters like Miguel Cabrera and Manny Machado or deal them on name value now? Is it time to target trendy names like Corey Dickerson and Jake Lamb? Before you set your lineup or hit the waiver wire, subscribe the Fantasy 411 podcast on iTunes today. All right, Jim, you have a story on Pipeline right now about the best all-time two-way players uh, at draft time. And obviously the reason for this is Brendan McKay and his ability to, to play first base, hit for power, and pitch, and be a top-five guy either way. Um, but when you looked back through history – Dave Winfield's the best, right? He's your guy above all as far as two-way player, a guy that never got to pitch professionally. If we ever get a better two-way prospect than Dave Winfield, I cannot wait to see him. And just so to, to, to clarify, when we tacked this article, and I love doing these draft history stories, it was in terms of being a prospect both ways, guys who could have been first-rounders both ways, not necessarily the Brooks Kieschicks of the world who had great college careers both ways, but he wouldn't have been a first-rounder as a pitcher. But, but Whitfield is clearly the guy. I mean, you can't blame the Padres for doing what they did. They took him fourth overall in 1973, brought him straight to the big leagues. He wanted to make him 12 all-star teams, win seven gold gloves, go into the Hall of Fame. So I don't think anybody's second-guessing the Padres. But at the time, there were a lot of teams who thought he had more promise as a pitcher. And, in fact, at Minnesota, which was one of the best programs in the country back then, he didn't even hit his first three years there because he was such a valuable pitcher that Dick Siebert, the legendary coach, didn't want to risk his arm by having him play position or, or hit regularly. So he goes to summer ball with the Alaska Gold Panthers in 1972, and he would have pitched for them like he had in the past, except they lost an outfielder to pro ball, late signing, surprised him, so they put him in the lineup. He wanted to hit in 15 homers, leads them to the National Baseball Congress World Series title, which was the premier amateur event in summer baseball back then, and then he convinced Coach Siebert Look, let me play both ways. And so he goes out and, you know, winds up, you know, showing enough for the Potters to take him fourth overall. Never pitched in pro ball, like you mentioned. So the last time he pitched is, is one of the most famous games in College World Series history. Minnesota did not win. They finished third at the College World Series. He was the MVP of the series. Went seven for 15 with a homer at the plate. First game of the series, strikes out 14 in a one nothing shutout of Oklahoma. Now the semifinals, they're playing Southern California. He struck out 15, took a 7 nothing lead into the ninth inning. Got tired, gave up a couple runs. They want to put him in left field. And the Trojans had this miracle comeback. There was a, a blown double play call. Dick Siebert gets tossed. Bullpen blows the lead. Southern Cal scores eight runs, wins the game, goes on to win the record fourth of their five straight national titles uh, the next day. Um, and that was the last time he pitched. Never, never even as a Lark and Pro Bowl got a chance to pitch. And just, I mean, this guy, I mean, I, I guess for our generation, we kind of think of what maybe Bo Jackson is like the athlete. But back then, you know, the generation point, it might have been Dave Winfield. I mean, this is a guy who, number four pick as is, is an outfielder, could have gone that high as a pitcher, was a star rebounder on a team, the Minnesota's basketball team that won the Big Ten Championship, uh, got drafted by the NBA's Atlanta Hawks, the ABA's Utah Stars, never played football, and the Minnesota Vikings drafted him. So 
I, I know I got long-winded there. I love my draft history. But I, I don't think we'll ever see a guy who is that good a prospect both ways as Dave Winfield was. The interesting thing about Brendan McKay is you wouldn't put him anywhere near that class as far as an athlete. Right. He's more of a baseball player, but he's a great baseball player on both sides. Yeah, it's funny. You're absolutely right. And Dave Winfield is a freak um, in so many ways in terms of his athletic ability. And But I think sometimes Brendan McKay gets, you know, you can't be a horrific athlete and do what he's done. Yes, he's limited to first base. Yes, he's, you know, a, a lefty who may not be like an ace of a staff. But uh, with the exception of the, his velocity backing up a little bit late in the spring here, he's done it at such a high level all year. I mean, that's, that takes a tremendous amount of work ethic and conditioning and, and things of that nature. So maybe not athletic in the pure sense of the word, but, I mean, it, it, is, um, it is uncanny to see a guy who could go that high uh, you know, in, in either way. Um, you know, even some of the other guys you have on, on the list, Jim, are guys who are like more like Hunter Green tilted, which is Hunter Green, top of the draft pitcher, first rounder as a hitter. Um, you know, there are some others. Uh, I noticed you have Aaron Hicks, but not Anthony Ghost. Um, but Ghost was the same draft. Could have gone in the first round as a pitcher, uh, you know, but really wanted to hit. Um, that's the other piece of the puzzle that we, we probably don't even have time to get into, just as... Uh, sometimes guys want to do one thing or the other, and that dictates how they're drafted and when they get drafted. Brendan McKay stands out because he'll, he'll do whatever a team wants him to. Um, you know, and I think if a team wanted to draft Hunter Green as a hitter, he'd also be fine with that. So, you know, that uh, Hagen Danner, uh, you know, in this draft also, another guy who could go either way. And I think the team that drafts him says, we want you to do this, he'll be like, okay, I'll do that. And I remember you speak of Hagen Danner, seeing him as a sophomore at the National High School Invitational and him as a sophomore pitching a tremendous game on the hill. And I think we heard like, oh, hey, and he also catches right. and didn't think much of it. And then two years later, it's kind of swung the other way when back then you would have thought for sure this guy's going to be uh, a top, maybe first round, second round pitching guy. Some people still say that yeah they forget the catching yeah i mean they didn't catch him right after he pitched and in a small tournament like that we weren't going to see him behind the plate and he kind of picked his spots even over last summer because uh you can get really worn out that's that's a two-way thing to do that's not so easy to do and i think you know if you take him as a pitcher his stuff probably ticks up even more because he's not spending any time behind the plate how about another favorite from this story, and you have all the guys listed, um, definitely check out the article because there's a lot of interesting guys that you may not realize were that good on both sides of the ball. And then some obvious guys that we know played on both sides <laughs> of the ball ended up playing in the big leagues on, on both sides. But who else stands out to you? Now, I could, t- I could take half an hour to start telling all kinds of stories. <laughs> yeah, so I will just limit, my, I will limit myself. Tim and I will go get a sandwich. <laughs> I'll limit myself to one guy, and I'll, yep. go, I'll go back to the, the oldest player on the list who was drafted the year before I was born. Ken Brett, in 1966, was the fourth overall pick by the Red Sox as a left-handed pitcher. Next year, he was in the World Series, still the youngest pitcher ever to appear in the World Series as a 19-year-old, made an all-star team, had a long big league career as a pitcher, and yet a lot of people think he was a better player as a hitter. According to George Brett, obviously made the Hall of Fame, younger brother, George Brett said a lot of people thought that Ken Brett was the best hitter in the family, and he might have been. He he was a pitcher. He homered in four straight starts in 1973, set a record doing that. And, I, and, I, and just from going back and reading articles at the time, 
I think the Red Sox might have been the only team that were on him as a pitcher. I think everybody else would draft him as a center fielder. So who knows what he might have done. Just an amazing athlete, amazing two-way guy who um, you know, hit 262 for his career as a pitcher in the majors and yet also good enough to get to the World Series as a 19-year-old the year after he was drafted. So we started talking about this, and these are guys not um, on, on Jim's list, and nor, nor should they be, but back in 2007, as a pre-draft story, I talked to Joe Savory and Sean Doolittle, who were both very good two-way players in college, with a little bit of a debate over, but most people saw them you know, one way or the other. Savory was drafted as a pitcher, and Doolittle was drafted as a hitter. Um, you know, Doolittle got hurt to the point where he couldn't play every day, and that's what put him back on the mound. And I mean, if you told me he was kind of a soft tossing, you know, like it, what he became is not at all what we mm -hmm. we saw in college, which speaks, I think, to the well. If you give up one thing and focus on the other, maybe the stuff comes a little better. Savory pitched, hurt his arm, started to hit and then went back to pitching and made it to the big leagues as a pitcher briefly. So you, you never know. You know. Typically they say going from position playing to pitching is, is easier. We've seen you know, the other way around on occasion, and Savory did it twice. Amazing to go back and forth like that. It's impressive, a lot of these guys, and, and some of the guys that just kind of barely made it maybe don't get the credit that they deserve, but you guys have given it to them here on the podcast, so that's great. All right, I want to finish things up with – a real mock draft here. We'll look at the top five picks because Jonathan's coming out with the latest mock draft on MLBPipeline.com. And it starts the same as Jim's from a week ago. And that is interesting because Kyle Wright seems to be kind of solidifying and holding his spot at number one of the Twins, Hunter Green, number two. After that, things get a little interesting. You want to go first? Me? Sure. Or is my, is my mock this week, so I get to go first? I was going to say. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. I'll ask you a question. I'll yeah, go ahead. Call. There you go. How, how certain are you that, that Kyle Wright goes? I am one? not certain whatsoever. <laughs> so, yeah, that was so kinda, not solidifying. I, I kind of, right. I mean, it is in what we're doing. Now, I think we would both agree that teams behind the Twins feel more certain that the Twins are taking Kyle Wright. I don't think there's inside information. I think that's just trying to get a sense of who's in their front office the kinds of decision-making that they're going to make. Um, you know, the Twins, you know, outside of Shane Baz, who was on that group of seven, have not uh, taken anybody off of the list. And I can correct myself from last week. Mackenzie Gore is still in, in their conversation, although if I were a betting man, uh, I would not say that Mackenzie Gore will go 1-1. But um, I do feel a little more certain that if Hunter Green does not go number one, the Reds are going to take Hunter Green. And that, that might be the only certainty, I guess, that, that, that I can find right now. And that's not even 100%. Yeah, I'd agree with all that. I, I think the Twins, I mean, the Twins, A, don't have to make a decision now. Right. It behooves them not to make a decision and play these guys off each other a little bit to try to maybe get the bonus down to Ken. Um, I've said this a bunch of times. Uh, I, I think probably the most certain pick, I wouldn't say it's 100% stone, but I don't think the Twins are going to take Hunter Green number one. And I think the Reds would definitely take him at number two. So of all the picks, we both had this. We've, I think we've had Green at number two for a few weeks, even mm. before the last two. I think that might be the most certain pick right now. I threw, Green, I threw Green in number one just to okay. explain what it would look like. But right. I got you. But I think that might be the most certain pick in the top five. And again, not 100%, but if I had to say, okay, one of these picks set in stone, bet your life on it, I'd say Green to the Reds. Yeah, I think that's fair. 
And then three, just to round it out, because three is where things could start to change from there. And I know uh, Mackenzie Gore is who you had, Jim, going number three a week ago. And I know you'd take him number one, I think, if, if you were the one picking. But you're going now in the new mock with Royce Lewis at three. Yeah, and I, I could have easily gone with Mackenzie Gore. I think the, you know, the Padres will sort of be in react mode. Uh, I mean, Because they want Hunter Green. Uh, right. They would love Hunter Green. If he's not going to get there, and you know, we don't think he will, then you know, do they want to go sort of the high upside player? And if that's the case, it's Gore as a pitcher, Lewis as a position player. I, I don't think they've completely said, well, we wouldn't take Brendan McKay if he's there. You know, I think uh, some of it – I just don't see it as an A.J. Preller type of guy. I really don't. I, no, I, I, but was Cal Quantrill? Yeah, because I mean, because he was hurt. I mean, well, no, I, I just think that I, I just, and not a knock on on Brendan McKay, but I just think of, of AJ Preller when he was with the Rangers, signing international guys, of taking risks, high upside guys. Mm -hmm. No, I and agree. Brendan with that. McKay, who has a lot of upside, but I think Brendan McKay, when you're talking about him at the top of the draft, what puts him there is the upside, but it's, he's got the highest floor of any of these yeah. guys. And I just, to me, I see the Padres going for more higher ceiling than Brendan McKay. No, and I and I don't. I don't disagree with that at all. And so I, I in, in the end, I just sort of flipped, you know, and Jim ended up having um, uh, Lewis drop down a little bit further. But, what you know, uh, he had Hazley going five last week, and I had Hazley uh, going eight, uh, I think, when, when all was said and done. So, uh, you know, I, I basically, in effect, flipped. I brought Lewis back up to three and then put Gore back in the brave spot, which is a distinct possibility. Hey. We're getting closer. We're going to be able to stop doing mocks and actually see what happens. 2018 mocks. Yeah. Hey, next two weeks, two yeah. weeks from now. we got to wait till the draft ends. I well, you're always right. working on that story on day three of the yes, draft when yeah. we're here kind of on standby in case we need to step in and, and fill some dead air on day three of the draft. Johnson's usually working on his top prospects for the following year's draft. So. Yeah, we can, uh, we can, with, and that'll be on a Wednesday. With a blindfold and a dartboard. And they usually at least make it to your December top 50. And that'll be My <laughs> last year's list is actually solid. It's, yeah. Usually it's like by the time we get to this time of year, I'm like, who are these guys? But uh, there's most of them are, are still hanging around the, the top of the, of, the, uh, of the draft boards. And that'll be on a Wednesday, yep. June 14th, so we can get done with the draft, podcast, and even talk about that subject then. Sure, let's do it. Tune in in I'll, a couple of weeks. I'll be in a coma. All right. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the Pipeline Podcast. The top 200 draft prospects is due out on Monday, so make sure you check that out. We'll go in-depth on that, obviously, next week on the podcast. For Jim Callis and Jonathan Mayo, I'm Tim McMaster. Thanks for listening.